Hello everyone and welcome to the Pokemon Masterclass. My guest today is a businessman, collector, PSA middleman, and an absolute wealth of knowledge in this hobby. Please welcome everyone, my fellow Arizonan, Z from Z and G Emporium. Z, how's it going, man? Going well. It's been uh it's been a busy few weeks being that PSA middleman and uh, you know, them raising their prices and whatnot. So uh yeah, it's been busy, but I'm glad to uh finally just settle down and talk some Pokemon, you know. And I am sure we're going to get knee deep into all of that. I'm sure everybody out there listening is very anxious to hear some of the changes that are coming down, what uh, knowledge you are perhaps privy of from PSA and especially from Graded Gem. Uh, but yeah, you know, most people out there, they know you obviously from your channel, from ZNG Emporium. You really started out talking a lot about your history with investing, collecting Pokemon cards, uh, buying, selling over the years. But as I said, one of the things that I'm interested to dig in with you is more of that middleman capacity and more of the partnership that you formed with Graded Gem. So I think the best place to start is how did this partnership with Graded Gem begin and what gave you the impetus to take on this venture of being a middleman and uh, really adding this to your already extensive repertoire? Uh, well, they reach, I can't rep, you know what? I can't really remember if I reached out first or they, I did, I, if I reached out first, I definitely didn't reach out to them about starting a partnership. It might've been that, you know, we had just talked, you know, before, um, because, you know, when you're doing YouTube and whatnot, and when you're, as you know, when you're buying and selling stuff, you know, you get to learn, you know, <clears throat> everybody on youtube everybody who's not on youtube maybe like e4 and just you know everything around it you know and uh so it might have been that you know we had been just talking normally like I've, i'll talk uh occasionally to like gem and pokemon you know or mm -hmm. i'll talk to occasionally tca gaming just by email so it might have been something like that but it came to a point i think maybe uh I don't know, May or June that, you know, they brought up this, you know, fact that, you know, they're looking to, you know, expand in the U.S. And uh, they think, uh, you know, I'd be a great partner with the knowledge I have. And I've already, you know, submitted thousands of cards myself. So I know the process there, uh, as well as kind of the, you know, I hate to say brand, but just kind of the marketing that I can bring to, uh, you know, kind of put the word out uh so that was like i want to say it was like may or something like that and we start we opened in august because you know we had to iron out a lot of details and how it was going to work and whatnot because it's it's a it's a pretty big undertaking and uh yeah we started in august and it's just so we've been about what six six seven months something like that and it's been a great success it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride just because there was actually a lot more demand that that anybody anticipated um you know just not only did we really not anticipate it as much in the us because we were new you know to, to the space but then you know all of a sudden there was a huge surge of just grading in general so all of a sudden it was uh you know that kind of cascade so it's been a it's been an interesting roller coaster ride you know in this step you know in that six months we've closed twice we closed december 10th because 
<clears throat> we wanted to get in everybody by January 1st. These PSA usually raise their prices every January 1st for the past, I want to say like four years. You know, they just January 1st price increase. Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't. Uh, so we'd had just a crazy amount of, you know, Know, stuff to get input by January 1st. We got it all in and then it came and uh, there was nothing there. So then we closed again recently as we talked, as I just said at the beginning of the, uh, the show that we closed February 19th because we heard from management that they were switching. They were being, uh, you know, management was finally switching out to the new owners mm -hmm. and there were going to be changes uh, probably within two weeks of then. And then uh, I think there were other rumblings throughout the sports world. And it kind of got out the rumor that there were going to be price increases on March 1st. Um, so, you know, we were rushing to get everybody in the past week. Uh, you know, there were like two nights that I didn't sleep all night. Uh, but that wasn't because, I mean, it was because of, you know, a lot to put in, but it was mainly because PSA's website was down, was basically non-usable for like five days, uh, five or six days at the end of February, just because literally everybody was logging onto the site to submit, to get everything in. Uh, I mean, it just, it just, it basically didn't work from maybe 8 a.m. to, I want to say like 11 p.m. every day. And then once it started to got to like midnight, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I think the volume of people were kind of, you know, people were sleeping. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's just, what, what we had to do to uh to get it all in so it's been a it's been a it's been a fun ride it's learned a lot um seen a lot of cards come through um but with this price increase haven't gotten the uh official pricing for what you know uh the u.s greater gem will be it will be a lot higher you know i, I tell you mm -hmm. what it's not like they just didn't didn't raise the dealer prices either they they definitely did big time um, but, uh, yeah, it should be great at gym, the UK, they're not going to open until April 1st. Like they're just shutting it down. They're also switching. They're also working on getting a system of getting out an email every single week to every single customer that says where your cards are in, mm -hmm. in the, in the, you know, in the line of either researching research and ID or grading or quality check or whatnot. So they're working on that. Also they're moving offices. So they're doing a lot of things on that, uh, on that side too. Um, uh, so, you know, we're going to probably be opening, I'll say either Saturday or Monday. So not, not too, not too far away. And we'll, uh, we'll kind of be the guinea pig for the UK to see kind of, uh, what the demand is like now that mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, prices, have increased. It'll be interesting. You know, I know uh, there are a lot of people that just say, well, I'm just going to, um, uh, the, the biggest thing you hear is submit to CGC because they're cheaper. Um, and I do see, I looked at their website. I think they're like $9, I think for their bulk uh, mm -hmm. for CGC. If you don't get subgrades, I think subgrades makes it $16 a card or something like that. I believe um, so. Yeah. So $16 a card is probably, you know, pretty comparable to, uh, you know, what are, uh, what, uh, if we're going to be charging probably a little less than 20, if I had to guess, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty, but it's been a pretty interesting ride. Um, seeing tens, tens of tens of thousands of cards that have come through and, uh, yeah, it'll be just an interesting thing to see that, uh, Hey, will there be as many, you know, reverse, common uh evolutions cards that'll come through will there be mm -hmm. 
a lot of, uh, you know, not mint uh, Watsy bulk cards that have come through, you know, now that it's not, uh, you know, PSA is charging 10, now it's 20. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sure, but it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting month to see in March to kind of see where that, uh, where that demand really lies, uh, or if everybody's going to, if it's just, you know, does PSA brand mean something or is it just what, who's the cheapest? So mm-hmm. are people going to go to CGC? And then if everybody really goes to CGC, then they're going to be, they're going to be backed up. They can't even imagine, you know, and I'm sure mm-hmm. their turnaround times will go way down uh, or way up, however you want to see it. Um, as well as, you know, I'm sure they'll, I think they've already raised their prices a little bit, but yeah, it's just a whole weird dynamic uh, roller coaster it's it's a lot of fun because you know <laughs> if, you, if you're here for uh you know not a, not a boring job that's been uh yeah it's been quite a ride so yeah well it sounds like it's just been you, you know it's been like drinking through a fire hose i i you know yeah. based upon you know the you know i've been watching you for a, a long time long before i even started my channel and uh, it seemed like back then you were mainly buying and selling higher end products so it was probably a little more infrequently because they are higher end and now you're dealing with such massive quantities of product coming in and out of your household really um so it's it's interesting to see that and i can imagine that adjusting to that massive quantity um you know has been i'm sure there's been a learning curve there Uh, but what's interesting is that you know you had mentioned it of a lot of people moving over to CGC possibly for the quicker turnaround times. Um, obviously, you know now you guys here in the well at least here in the states are going to be the guinea pig for. We'll see what the demand is like now that we open up with the price increases. I'm interested to know though, is there any plans? Does Great Gym have any plans of perhaps branching out and? maybe moving into a dealer capacity with other grading companies, Beckett, CGC, and maybe expanding their scope at some point? Uh, it's, uh, it, I'm, honestly, I'm not too sure. Um, I know, you know, the uh, Connor and Tom over at the UK, the, the founders of it, um, you know, I know they have a ton on their plate and they're always thinking of, you know, ways to improve the service, be it as the you know, the new tracking system and, you know, they're moving offices and getting, getting a whole lot of stuff out there. So I'm, I'm not too uh, privy on that part, if that's, you know, part of the plan, but, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, you know, we want to, you know, we want to grade people's cards, you know, we want, we want their, we want to satisfy, you know, the customers. So, um, you know, we'll, the PSA has been, uh, you know, obviously there's been an, an absolute just crap ton of demand. So people really like the service there. Um, so we'll, I guess we're just going to have to see really what, uh, what, what March brings. But as of right now, we're just doing PSA because we have a, you know, really good relationship with them and, you know, mm-hmm. have it, have it with them there. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure it's it'll be it'll just be very interesting what's it's it's always been it's just been from the start it's like oh we're probably only going to have uh you know a few submissions for August and it was like you know just a crazy amount it just kept <laughs> kept ballooning it was like oh, oh my you know it's just it was just crazy so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what this kind of new you know 
new 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 era will will bring you know for mm -hmm. uh with these new uh price increases i mean price increases aren't new i mean they like i said they increased increased in october for uh the, mm -hmm. for the express one by like five dollars a card <clears throat> and that saw saw no slowdown in uh sending that you know that that service um so i know this uh, sports card market i mean they've they just i think the what was it the vp of like communications or something for psa said that i can't remember the number it was like it went up 28 percent or something between november and december and then december went up another 40 something percent the, the amount of submissions and then january went up another 20 or something percent of february was even more i mean it just the 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 demand was just absolutely uh, incredible and uh We'll see what that brings, you know. I'm sure. I mean, just basic econ 101. You know, you have an unbelievable demand on the demand curve. It's going to push, you know, the price point. The price point is just going to rise. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see if that maybe that'll mean that you know people will kind of slow down their submissions and not submit everything under the sun. You know, mm -hmm. it's not. It's like, oh, I open a pack of evolutions. Now I'm literally going to submit every card in the pack. You know, maybe mm -hmm. it's, they're only going to submit the rare or maybe the first hollow or they don't submit one at all i'm not sure um but hopefully they'll improve turnaround times which will then get cards into people's hands faster and will you know kind of produce the flow of business that'll once again <clears throat> if we're talking about people who are flipping product having the faster turnaround times <clears throat> are going to get that into your hands quicker to be able to sell it to have that money in your hands to be able to buy more stuff and maybe those price increases, you know, really don't matter in the end because you're getting the capital back to be able to put back into it and to buy mm -hmm. stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a it's just a weird. They had to do something, you know. It was like because I mean the demand wasn't going to stop. So it's like either raise your price, either shut down completely. Um, I mean, they keep hiring people. Like I think they said they hired. In the past month or something like 70 people i mean they just keep just hiring people like crazy and it just doesn't it just doesn't stop so mm -hmm. it's like a you don't know what what they're what they're supposed to do um and i could see the other side of the corner people say okay well a new owner came in this is just a cash grab right it's like they just came in and they're gonna double the price and just you know raking the profits um <clears throat> and i can see that side too i can see that opinion too um but something had to happen for them to have to actually get your guys's cards back you know everybody who's watching this who has submitted to psa they have to do something and mm -hmm. hiring hundreds of people and having doubling or tripling the capacity of the warehouses and whatnot this cards still are just not coming back right mm -hmm. um so it's just it's a it's a crazy situation and uh yeah we'll see how it plays out you know in that aspect mm-hmm well, I'll, I tell you what, I'm super thankful because I got my submission in right before you guys closed. It had to have been within a few days oh, of yeah. you guys closing. And so I, I was... I remember, I remember submitting your... I remember it's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually shipped out. It's on its way. So, uh, yeah. Well, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what's interesting there is uh, one thing that I'd like to discuss is with the price increase at PSA... How is that trickling down to graded gem? How is that going to change just the regular uh, grading service as well as the express grading service on the grading tiers? 
Uh, I'm, st I'm still going to have to discuss them with uh, you know Tom and Connor what exactly our pricing is going to be. I mean, I know, I mean, I know they they raised it you know big time. They didn't keep it the same you know dealer rate, and the dealer rate is a little is a little less obviously than than mm -hmm. what they uh, charge a customer because makes sense because you know we'll turn 50 packages into literally one package and 50 customers into one customer they have to deal with customer service uh so it makes total sense in there and i mean we're saving them so many man hours you know by by yeah. using them so you know cutting it by a little bit on that one uh you know really saves them uh, it's extremely valuable to them <clears throat> but at the same time uh they definitely increase it uh increase it you know, um, accordingly, you know, with the, the same amount that they went out there. Um, so I can't, I don't really know the pricing yet, but, uh, hopefully I would hope it's probably around, you know, what we were doing before, where if you submit X amount of cards, you know, maybe over 200, you'll, it'll still be cheaper or maybe over 50, it'll still be cheaper to, uh, you know, use the service versus just sending it in, you know, themselves. And then you don't have to pay return shipping or get a membership or whatnot. So it'll still be cheaper mm -hmm. and you don't have to do any work. But at the same time, it's still going to be, you know, way more expensive than it was before, which, you know, that does, uh, that does suck. Uh, but it is what it is at this point. They, you know, the, the, the demand was just, was just too great. And uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, I would hope, you know, maybe, well, I never hope that there's less business for Creative Gym. I hope there's just, you know, a massive amount of business every month. But I would hope if we get this temporary, um, if there is a, you know, decrease in submissions that people's stuff gets back in their hand, right? Mm -hmm. And the more cards that get out there in people's hands, you know, um, you know, I always think about it from the business point of view, but I know there are people that just submit just to have it in their collections, right? They're not looking to sell. Um, but the people, you know, a lot of this Pokemon you know, prices increasing and, and all this market that has formed in 2020 are a lot of investors and, you know, flippers and a lot of that, you know, type of people who really, and that's how the market, you know, can, can grow in that point. Um, so when you get the cards back in those people's hands, well, they can sell it, use it and, and kind of create a, create a, a bigger market. So, you know, if it, uh, if the submissions do subside, I just really hope that, uh, they can just pump out those returns and get it to those people's hands, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And like you said, I mean, what, whatever happens, whether they come back quicker or whether they take longer, there's always two sides to the market and you know, whether it takes longer or shorter, it's going to benefit one area of the market or the other, you know, and for collectors, people that are just looking to have it into their collection, you know, the turnaround times don't make a whole lot of difference if you plan on just keeping this, you know, until you kick the bucket and you pass it on to your kids. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing here, before we kind of jump in, because there's a lot of people who have been interested in this middleman service um, and have been getting in, you know, a good buddy of mine, Jules, is getting in with CGC. I've got another good friend, Omash, both content creators. Uh, he works with CGC, Beckett, and PSA. And it seems like I'm getting more and more questions from people who are interested in, you know, maybe pursuing this. But before we jump into that, the the last thing that I'd like to touch on here is if there was a way, I'm interested to get your opinion, if there was a way for, for PSA to expedite the process, if there was one strategy that you thought that they could employ or various strategies, 
what do you think that would be um, outside of just increasing more graders? Do you think this is a situation where they can learn something from maybe CGC, where they use a combination of both algorithmic, computer-based grading, and human grading? Um, do you think they expand their footprint? I'm interested to get your take here. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think advancing it with technology is always a good choice in any, you know, any field. Um, you know, because, you know, what, what you're really looking for is that on the one hand, they want to pump out returns. On the other hand, you want to be consistent, right? You don't want to just say, oh, people want their stuff. Let's just get it out quickly. You know, I, I don't want it to be where the graders are rushing things because really what you're looking for is consistency down, down mm -hmm. at the very core, right? Because there are, I mean, there are a ton. Of, I mean, we talk about PSA and Beckett and now, uh, you know, CGC getting into it, but I mean, there's a ton, there's a ton of grading services, you know, out there that people that, you know, grade cards. Um, I don't know all of them, but I know there's SGC and there's like HG something CMA or, I mean, mm -hmm. there's like dozens and dozens and a lot of them have that have died. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, ones that you might find on eBay, it's like all of a sudden it's like, what is that grading company? It's like a really old one that, you know, really wasn't good. <clears throat> I remember like B BCCG, I think was one that died that really didn't mm -hmm. have good, uh, you know, good standards in that one as well. Um, so I think the thing that really, you know, will, you know, will kill a grading company is consistency. So if you can get something that, you know, advances technology wise where it's like oh you put a card on there it's like oh the centering is whatever you know uh, or you can put it onto you know like a like a photocopier that puts in a bag it's like oh the edges <clears throat> you know i'm sure there's stuff like that you know you can implement at that time i'm sure that takes a lot of uh you know it, it's with i'm not sure if you've uh you know you're uh you know, you, your jobs in the past, but if you've worked in like a big corporate world, you know, uh, it's, I've, I've worked in many large multi-billion dollar companies. Um, and just to get anything to move in a lot of those companies, it just takes, you have to go through so many chains and so many things that to get approved up and down the line. Yeah. A lot of red um, tape. Oh yeah. And, and because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of procedures that have just been, you know, done forever. Um, and it's, I would love to know the inner workings of, you know, you know, PSA, like ha how stuff is actually, it's pretty, it's pretty hush hush, you know, how mm -hmm. they actually, you know, I'm not sure if there is anything like videos or how actually, I think there was some kind of video out there that showed a greater like measuring centering or something, but <laughs> um, hopefully I would hope if there's this new management, maybe that brings in kind of a new focus on something like that with technology because um really to you know be more to pump out more stuff i mean they've hired hundreds of people they've increased the capacity of warehouses and footprints and what that and they're still you know there's still a massive amount of backlog there so mm -hmm. i think raising the prices will you know help that but I think you're right. I think technology is uh, definitely something that, you know, I'd be interested. I mean, that's the way the world's going, right? I mean, you're having mm -hmm. self-driving cars and, you know, all this stuff that, uh, you know, there should be something that can be really you know, 
almost all jobs will probably be automated one day, right? For sure. Um, so something that is literally assigning a grade to something that really is what centering edges, you know, the corners. It's not, it's not that hard to conceive something like that happening in the future, right? Um, so at the same time, I'm not too sure if there is, you know, if there's a something out there like an SOP that that shows exactly how they actually how fast they are at it, like does it say, oh one grader grades it in thirty seconds or ten seconds? I'm not sure if anything out there really mm -hmm. gives a definitive answer on how quickly that is versus someone who has to take out an individual card and put it under there and type in whatever and you know make sure it's there. I'm not sure what the time saving is of that, but um, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're working. I'm sure they. I'm sure they uh, are smarter than than smarter than we are because they've been doing it for so long. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's what? What do you think? What do you think your opinion is on what what they need to do it, versus just hiring more people and you know raising the prices to cut possibly more submissions to kind of get caught up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that'll only get them so far, right? I mean, I think it's more or less a a, a ploy to just try to get a little bit ahead at this point, especially when they're going through a transition of being a publicly held company to a privately held one, moving to new management. I think the the price increase, hiring more people, I, I think it's just a, a way of trying to, to mitigate some of the submissions that are coming in and try to get more of the backlog out there. In the long run, I think it's, as you said, it's inevitable that they're going to have to incorporate some kind of technology in there because I can foresee at some point that grading companies will be viewed less for the the premium that they garner like they do now, you know, from a raw or ungraded card to a graded card, the premium, it can be astronomically different and vary yeah. in price. I think in the future, there'll be less of an emphasis on that and it will be more placed upon the pure encapsulation, authentication, and consistency, as we said. So if they do go to more of a computer-based system, you know, like we talked about before with uh, you, me, and Jake in the roundtable, if, in my opinion, you have that, you run a card through, it doesn't matter what it is, you run it through 10,000 times, it will come through in the exact same grade every single time whether you're using maybe AI or some type of algorithm, it will have that the utmost consistency. And really at that point, it'll be spread across all grading companies. As long as they have you know, the, the financial means to incorporate this kind of technology, which as you know, you know, technology has an exponential growth and it becomes cheaper and cheaper as time goes on. So at mm -hmm. some point, pretty much every grading company will be able to incorporate something like this. So they'll all have that consistency. And I think at that point, really beyond just the consistency, beyond the, um, you know, the encapsulation, the authentication, I think that they will differentiate themselves by having more of an aesthetic appeal, appeal to their slabs. You know, Jake had mentioned it last time and it kind of rung a bell with me in that you're, you know, looking at cards, he was looking at cards, maybe we'll get to a point where we're looking at cards more from their artistic appeal. I think that's the, the terminology he used. And maybe we'll kind of, that'll fall over into the grading world as well, where it's like, you know what, I want to get my, it doesn't matter who I get my card graded with, you know, maybe the prices are fairly equivalent. 
um, I want to get it graded with PSA because they've got the nicest case or Beckett or CGC because we really like the aesthetic appeal of the case. I want to have my card authenticated with somebody that uh, you know has a better appeal to the eye when it comes to the slab. So right, yeah, yeah, I can I can see that I can see that happen. I can see it being like marketing wise too, like because I mean really, I mean think of it like a you know the inside of a cell phone or a computer. They're really I think mostly using the same you know guts, the same. RAM, hard drive, you know, it's really basically the same thing, but it's like, oh, I use an Apple because I, I like the way it's marketed and the way it's, you know, that way versus, mm-hmm. you know, a Windows machine, you know, and it might be kind of like that where they really become pretty similar if they both use, you know, technology and AI where it's just like a 10 to 10, right? There's no, there's no weak 10, there's no strong nine, you know, there's mm-hmm. no, oh, I got this PSA nine and all, oh, there's a, and there might be a dent in it or, oh, I just got this CGC 9.5, but there's this, you know, decent amount of whitening at the top, you know, there's no, there's none of that. And I can see that happening uh, definitely in the future. Don't know how far I'll be in the future. I mean, it's crazy the amount of technology change we've had. Uh, I mean, the internet was just what, 20 years ago. I mean, not that yeah. long ago. I mean, yeah. well, internet for consumers, you know, like late nineties, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's, it's it's crazy the amount of uh, you know technology you know changes and I can definitely see it you know affecting you know everybody you know in the grading space in the future. Um, it'll be interesting to see if you're right because then it's like, oh I got this, I got this PSA card from you know 20, 2021. It's like oh well that was human grading that's that's garbage mm-hmm. you know or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't I don't know how that'll play out. Well, interestingly enough, um, I feel like we're seeing that right now. I mean, there is a certain appeal. There's there's a certain, I mean, there's a vocabulary tied around PSA and the connotation behind it. You know, the, you know, it's in the common tongue of the hobby of what's that in a PSA nine. You know, right. what what does that go for in, in PSA? So it's already ingrained into the hobby where it's it's really set itself apart. I think. That's one of the big reasons why PSA is the gold standard because it has been around for a long time. It's been, you know, the the poster child for the uh, the hobby, and it has that subjective nature to it. So I yeah. I think we are seeing that um, already, but uh, it it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. But it's interesting that that uh, like Magic really likes using Beckett. I always found that interesting how they. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people in that sphere is really uh, a lot of the high end stuff is in, are in Beckett cases, which is kind of interesting how they kind of grasp to that, you know, grading company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows yeah. how, uh, I think PSA for, I think it was really, you know, Gary, the, uh, you know, the Charizard, uh, King Pawn mm-hmm. stars, Gary, who, uh, really pushed PSA, you know, at the beginning with Pokemon, he was really pushing it there and, and getting them to, you know, accept certain, certain cards and put it in the registry and start that stuff. So, you know, it really can only take, you know, it really can take one person to really, uh, you know, solidify, you know, what grading company, and that's like what you said, if it becomes, you know, just AI or computers, it really could just be what celebrities or what influencers are tied to you mm-hmm. know, a certain company that will really break it apart. So. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've been noticing recently, and I'm interested to get your opinion on this, is is kind of this wave of CGC cards, and 
what I have noticed is one CGC seems to be a lot more stringent with their grading compared to PSA. And I think a lot of it is based around the, you know, whatever algorithm or whatever computer based programs that they're, they're using. It does seem like it is very, very difficult to get, you know, even a near mint eight, 8.5, but especially gem mint nine or higher in CGC. And, you know, I've actually recommended this to a lot of people of if you're looking for a long-term value from cards, there's a lot more CGC cards coming out on the market. And many of those that are coming back in an 8.5 or a nine probably have a very high likelihood of being regraded as a PSA 10. So now we're kind of starting to see this, this wave of CGC that is kind of becoming a, a proxy for regrades with, with PSA. Do you think that at some point that maybe because people start to see that more stringent nature of CGC, if something doesn't change with PSA, that they may become the new gold standard as more people start to realize that? Well, I, I haven't, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to watch some YouTube videos. I haven't really seen, um, that on CGC, the, uh, toughness I've been, you know, I've been so, so swamped with, uh, you know, so many of these cards that I haven't seen that. So I'll have to, I'll have to do some research on that and see that, um, to say, in my opinion, to say, you know, stuff can cross over to PSA 10. That's hard for me to, that's hard for me to swallow just because I know how, difficult it is to get a PSA 10. Now, if you're talking like, I'm not sure what cards you're talking about. I mean, if you're talking about like Wizards of the Coast Hollows, I mean, those are just, especially now, now I've, I'm out of the opinion and uh, I know there are people that, you know, say both ways, but that, you know, older certs definitely were graded less uh, stringently, less strict versus mm -hmm. stuff that's like, four five certs now the 50 millions or whatever they are you know mm -hmm. just because you know i used to send in thousands and thousands of cars and it was like it wasn't that difficult to get i mean it was difficult but it really you know you expected uh, a decent amount to come back as psa 10 you know when you're mm -hmm. buying these collections um and now you know if i send in you know mint cards it's like i hope i get 110 you know out of all this mm -hmm. you know if i get two i'm like uh jumping up and down um so i think you know it's I'd, I'd have to see i'd have to see more you know data on that and actually see people you know cross over you know breaking mm -hmm. out of case or whatnot and submit it to psa to see kind of uh kind of what what happens there but uh yeah it's uh it is interesting we've always we've always heard you know grade you know pick by the card and not the actual grade right um mm -hmm. which kind of at the same time defeats the purpose of having it graded right it's like well hold on weren't these professional graders grading it so shouldn't i buy the grade it's it's all it's all just a very strange industry you know that that we find ourselves in it's like it is anybody from the outside who looks into it it's like well that's a psa 9 right or a beckett 9.5 or whatever and it's like uh well, so I'm not supposed to look at that. I'm supposed to actually kind of grade it myself on the back and the front. And it's hard to do because as you know, you know, unless you're holding a raw card in your hand at an angle, you know, it's tough to tell, you know, you can't, even if it has a whole lot of angles of pictures on eBay, 
you still can't really tell, you know, mm -hmm. unless it's in your hand and seeing it, what, if there's any hollow scratches, if there's any, you know, micro, you know, edge wear on there, if there's any surface stuff. So it's all just a strange, strange industry that, that we're in. And uh, it's crazy that it's blown up so much and not just this, but I mean, sports is just insane. The amount that's just going through there. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how, how long this goes because I mean, it, they've been, you know, we've all been great. I mean, I've been getting back into Pokemon in like 2017 and I've been grading since then, mm -hmm. but it was never to this level where it was like, you know, you could send in bulk and get it back in two months, you know? Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, where's my stuff? You know, it's like after a month, it's like checking the website every day. It's like, where's my stuff? <laughs> yep. I can remember uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like, Oh, well, I guess I'll wait a year and hope, hope it comes back then. But, uh, it's just a strange, strange time, and uh, I, it's it's going to be really interesting how uh, how all this plays out, you know. Especially all these, I'm not too worried about the cars that are, you know, like hollow Watsy stuff or, you know, PSA 10 of modern even is, you know, probably okay depending on what the actual card is. But you know, all these cards that are being graded, like, like. Uh, I mean, it's not just Pokemon too. It's like sports, like every base card is being graded. It doesn't matter if mm -hmm. you're, you know, parallel or a prism or a refractor of, you know, they're just grading everything, you know, over there. And the same thing, you know, we can see that in a uh, Pokemon too. Um, so yeah, as for grading between the two, I'd really be interested to see some, uh, you know, case studies on that. Granted, you'd have to have a large sample size to see that mm -hmm. too. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh it's gonna be very interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, and a lot. You know, a lot of this, you know, admittedly is is anecdotal because I I will also be interested to see, you know, as more of these start to come back, as more perhaps become cross graded, you know, what uh, what it all shakes out to be, you know, because we can yeah. we can actually derive a lot of good data there, and and people can get a good understanding through those cross grades or regrades. Of exactly you know what the stringency is like between the two companies and and I think in the end it really all boils down to what we've been talking about here the main theme is is consistency I think that is the concern for most people in determining you know who should I go with for my grading company it's who can I get the most consistent grades back with now you know admittedly also there is there's a lot of people out there who are just like who can I send it to that's going to give me the highest grade? And, you know, that's not always going to get you the highest premium either because you might be able to go through, you know, maybe a lesser known company where, you know, maybe certain sets, certain eras, you know, do grade higher. But, uh, you know, a lot of the time, if you're not hitting with the big three, PSA, Beckett, or CGC, um, you know, that, that overall value is is just simply not going to be there so it will be interesting yeah. yeah i agree and uh yeah i mean honestly the people i've heard who are you know saying our cards cdc i mean all of them t to me are they're sending them because they're faster you know mm -hmm. um i'm not sure if psa and cgc were the exact turnaround times well now now psa is doubling the prices so that throws a whole thing into it. But when they were, you know, comparable in prices, people were saying CGC because they were faster. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was, I'm not sure if it's like 
whether grading tougher or easier or whatnot, um, you know, people just want their cards back so they can, and a lot of people I talk to are people who are businesses or flippers and, you know, they need the inventory going in and out, right. in and out. Right. Um, so that's really what I've heard. So it'll be interesting to see if PSA raises their prices <clears throat> and they get their backlog out and CGC gets this wave of people who are, want just, you know, stuff quicker or, you know, cheaper if their backlog goes down. It's, it's all very, uh, it's all very fascinating to see how this whole, whole the market will kind of, uh, fall and like, you know, five years down the line, five years is eternity in today's market, you know, oh, maybe yeah. a year down the line, see how, uh, <laughs> I mean, five years ago, that was, I mean, I wasn't even, I wasn't even doing Pokemon five years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, 20, yeah, 2016. That was evolutions, right? Yeah. And that was, that was Pokemon go time. Yeah. That was, uh, different era so yeah i was i was just getting into it around that time if you would have asked me at that time of what psa was i thought would have thought it was some kind of uh i don't know acronym for (laughs) something (laughs) else (laughs) so it it is amazing you know and it's that's really how it is um you know even then and now it's you're just constantly drinking through a fire hose trying to learn as much as you can because the market is just changing so so quickly and i i feel sorry for people who are just getting into the hobby now because it can seem absolutely overwhelming the amount of information that has always been there and then trying to keep up with current market conditions is is almost overwhelming yeah it's just uh it's crazy all the modern sets how how many they're just pumping out all the time it's like every it seems like every few weeks there's like another another thing that's coming out right mm-hmm. it was like we just got we just got our a few shining fates that we opened and uh you know the others what battle styles i think next that's like mm-hmm. a couple weeks away and there's always a new japanese set that comes out so it's just it's just crazy the uh the amount of volume that's going on of course at the same time i opened on my channel like a month or two ago opened neogenesis and i did some research in like the year 2000 because that's when it came out and it's crazy to think that actually in the year 2000, I think it was uh, uh, Team Rocket base set to Gym Heroes, Gym Challenge, and Neo Genesis came out into the year 2000. Wow. That's, that's crazy. All, yeah. all, all five of those came out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, you know, maybe it's always been this way. It, it just seems like there's a whole lot of product coming through, but that's, you know, five five English big, you know, booster box set that came out, you know, mm-hmm. that year. But, uh I think the difference I think the difference that we see now compared to back then is maybe we have the same amount of or relatively the same amount of sets released per year but the amount of products that are actually released around that particular set seems to be a lot more now whereas you know back in the day you had your booster box your theme deck right and that was it <laughs> you know that was pretty much it maybe maybe the blister packs that right. would come out every now and then. Um, but now, I mean, it's pin collection boxes. Uh, you know, you've got the V battle right. decks used to be the theme decks, the tins. I mean, it just seems like the there's ETBs. just more, more. ETBs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely a lot more and there's just, uh, there's so much to, there's just so much out there and demand is just crazy. It's just, it's still just, you know, none of these stores can get anything and they're scalpels out there and everything's, you know, 
two or three times, you know, whatever it's sold for from the distributor. But uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. When do you, I'm interested to hear, when do you think this all kind of uh, normalizes itself? At what point do you think that we go back to some semblance of, I don't know, say early 2019, mid 2019? Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, uh, the whole world shut down in like, you know, March, you know, of 2019, and all of a sudden sports cards blew up and, you know, Pokemon blew up and all mm-hmm. these collectibles blew up. Um, you know, I think there's, I think I just heard that it could be like everybody in America has a vaccine, could, could have a vaccine, you know, by uh, like May or April mm-hmm. or May. It's like yeah. a couple months away. Um, and then what happens when everybody returns to normal, everybody's spending their money on travel or, you know, uh, going out to bars or restaurants or movie theaters and just, you know, spending their money you know, instead of, uh, you know, some, some, a few, you know, five to $10 Pokemon packs that they're finding at Target or whatnot, you know, they're spending it on all this other stuff that's, that's, you know, not, not related. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's going to be, that's going to be something that's going to, it's, it's, it has to cool off a little bit because there's not a hundred percent stickiness with this, you know, collectible, you know, which is like, you know, consumer that, you know, all of a sudden there's a wave of people that wants, to, you know, to, to bring it to the hobby. Once everybody, you know, throws their mud on the wall, not every, not every piece of mud sticks. So there'll be definitely, I think, in my opinion, some people that'll just fall off and go outside and, you know, oh, I want to, I want to spend a uh, hundred dollars going to, I don't know, an NBA game and, mm-hmm. and eat, eat whatever the, you know, outrageous concessions that you pay, you know, at the concession stand and the $25 parking. And then I go, I go afterwards to a, a bar after the game and spend $50 on food and drink, you know, that's hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars, you know, and that's what a lot of people, you know, they spend a ton of money on, you know, entertainment. And I mean, that's what really, you know, we saw, you know, Pokey Rev explode during this time. I mean, he was entertainment, right? He was people mm-hmm. spending money instead of on, you know, tickets or travel or for, you know, stuff going on vacations, you know, disposable income were to be entertaining. You know, they, 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 they spent all these collectibles and, you know, some have, uh, some people have spent it on, you know, collectibles and made a lot of money because it went up at the same time because there were a lot of people that came into it. Um, but, uh, I would say it's be a very interesting when, you know, the vaccines come out and herd immunity or whatever, and it could be in the next couple of months um, to really see what happens when the whole kind of world goes back to a normalization of, you know, all these events and, uh, you know, everything that conventions and, you know, like Pokemon worlds, I think was canceled, you know, like things like that, you know, people mm-hmm. spend their money to, airfare and hotels and spending all the food and everything you know that's that's a lot of money you know and people people aren't good at budgeting so if people actually saw what they spent you know if they made a budget and saw what they spent on all this you know entertainment and food and stuff it's a Mm -hmm. lot of money so i think it'll be very interesting after maybe two or three months if it really does go back to normal um see what the market you know the kind of reaction is to it Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm well, and I think also, you know, what is the reaction going to be when there's not 
continual stimulus being pumped into the economy as well. Because now you've got kind of these these cofactors working together where you've got people spending less money on the things that they used to. And at the same time, there's more money being pumped in and being put into their pockets. I mean, it's crazy statistics from 2020, the amount of people that actually earned more last year by being on things like unemployment or getting unemployment checks or uh, stimulus checks, rather. Um, what happens when that that all goes away and, uh, you know, and they right. don't have that extra spending and disposable you're income. Right. And, and, and you're right. And a big thing with that stimulus too, is that pro probably people have a different mindset than they did during every other time that unemployment rates happen like that, because, you know, a lot of times when you have this stimulus and people that are, you know, there's a lot of unemployment and, and stuff like that is that people don't know when it's going to end, right? You had that feel, right? Mm -hmm. You had that feeling in 2008, 2009. It's like, is this ever going to end, right? You had that feeling in the in the uh, you know 2001, right? It's like, oh, this mm -hmm. is a crash. It's, you know, you had that feeling of kind of dread. It's like, wow, is, when are, could we ever get out of this? Is there a total financial meltdown and everybody's going to be unemployed forever? Versus this, like everybody knew, hey, there's going to be a vaccine one day, right? There's mm -hmm. there, we're we're going to return to normal. It's just a matter of, you know, is it six months from now? Is it a year? And it's getting close to that point. So people that might have gotten stimulus money, right, or might have, you know, gotten, you know, unemployment money or whatnot before, you know, you might have just hoarded that money or spent it on, you know, probably what you should, like food or rent or whatnot. Whereas this is just a totally different animal where mm -hmm. you might be getting more money. It's like, well, it's going to end soon. So you know, I don't care. I'm not going to spend it on this stuff because I'll just spend it on some disposable income just to, you know, have some fun. That's also, it's, it's just a completely different, it's something that nobody could have predicted. And it's, um, it's just very interesting to see kind of a, it would be interesting to see if any like business school goes into a case study of, you know, collectible market or any, any kind of, you mm -hmm. know, I think we talked about on the round table, just how everything has got real estate, stock market, crypto, collectibles, food, gas, I mean, everything is just mm -hmm. sky high, you know? Um, so yeah, crazy, crazy times, you know, <laughs> to, to say that, I think that that sums it up very, very well. Crazy, crazy times. Uh, but before we wrap up here, uh, Z, what I would like to jump into here real quick is, you know, as I said, during this time, we've learned that, you know, prices have been crazy. There's been a lot of uncertainty, but I think a lot of people have also learned that there is viable business ventures that they can actually pursue within the Pokemon sphere. And one of them is, you know, being a, a middleman or middle middle lady, if you want to be politically correct. <laughs> but uh, what advice would you give to somebody that is, you know, uh, maybe considering pursuing being a middleman, um, whether it's with PSA, with Beckett, CGC? What are some things that you've learned uh, throughout your venture in these last six months or so? Um, well, I would say what I've learned is that um, there's a lot of uh, customer service that goes along with it. My wife, Lauren, does a, a great job with that. Um, it's just because people, you know, people want to know if, um, you know, you got their cards, if, you, if it's entered, did you ship it out? Um, when do you expect to get it returned? Um, and then obviously when you get a return, talk to them about, 
you know, return shipping. It's, it's a lot of back and forth customers because that's like, what should I pay or what? There's just a whole lot of, uh, you know, dealing with uh, customers because a lot of these people, you know, this is a lot of money to uh, because they probably spend it on the collection. So they want to get graded and either they're kind of a business or a flipper where they put a lot of capital into it. So they're kind of like urgently want it back or whatnot, or it's someone who are sending you their personal collection that they just want to get encapsulated, graded. And uh, you know, it's like they're like their baby, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's very important to them. You know, sometimes you got to walk, you know, hold their hand and walk it through the process. So that's definitely a, you know, big part, big part of it. Um, number two, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work entering in every single line item of every card, uh, making sure they're all accurate. Um, just the, the, the process of, you know, collecting all the packages, opening them, because not everybody, you know, the good thing that we do, you know, saying it to PSA is that they get it, they get it they get all the boxes exactly how they want it, you know, put it into exact order and, you know, uh, uh, marked who's who versus, you know, they might get it. Somebody sends it a top loader. Someone sends it with, you know, taped. Someone sends it with team bags or, you know, not even in top loaders um, in tins or, you know, there's just so many different ways people package stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you just got to deal with uh, a whole lot of different ways of, uh, you know, people sending you the packages and just, you know, my biggest thing my, uh, would be, it's just, uh, it's been, it's been a, a lot of work, but a lot of fun because uh, it's, it's going to be fun when I actually start. Um, and I'm hoping very soon start to get back submissions. And I think that'll be the really the real joy, right? Because people are actually mm -hmm. getting their cards and who knows what they get. It's like, oh, I got a PSA 10. I had no idea. Or, you know, you know, I, the thing about this big delay in turnaround times too, is that, you know, number one, I mean, I know there are people that just kind of ship it and forget it. Right. You know, they, they don't even need customer service to ship it and forget it. And it's kind of like a Christmas present. Right. I mean, they said it, it's like, oh, that's coming back. Great. You know, I just, I almost even forgot about it. Right. <laughs> and we get that. And then, uh, or there are the people that, uh, you know, th th they sent it in and they, they've been tracking it the whole time and you can finally get it, get it to them. Um, I think that's going to be the, the real joy that, uh, that comes from it because there's, there's, there's good with, uh, you know, helping people get in their cars and they don't have to enter in anything, but I think the real joy is going to be returning stuff. So I'm, I'm really hopeful very soon we start to uh, get those back. I know I know now PSA has a complete through date, I believe it's called, a CTD, that they don't have mm -hmm. estimated turnaround times anymore. It's basically from the last people that they shipped out or completed the order. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be tracking that hopefully uh soon now that I, i'm gonna have a little bit a uh, little bit more time before we open back up and maybe kind of see where the earliest ones we sent off are uh in that process and hopefully we'll get those out soon so do you plan on doing uh some return videos as those cards start to trickle back in i think i think i will yeah um i was thinking about doing maybe some some top videos you know like saying oh here are my top choices from people that you know are you know having having returns you know instead of because there are people that send in you know a hundred ancient muse right or mm -hmm. 
you know, a whole lot of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, modern cards that aren't even, you know, like full arts, you know, they're just kind of regular cards that people like to the art or whatnot, you know, just to go through all those. I mean, I used to do submission videos, um, just it took, it took so long and I'd rather have spend that time in submitting, but, uh, yeah, I think I'll definitely will at least at the start just to kind of get the, get the juices flowing and, uh, show people some cards, but, uh, it'll be, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping very soon, especially if, if they did increase the prices and it does slow down submissions, I'm hoping that they can, can pump those out, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that'd be great. You know, not only does it, you know, create a little bit of excitement for people who've been waiting a long time to get their cards back, but you know, it also provides you with some content, uh, you know, for your channel as well. So I think, yeah. I think that'd be fun. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do with my channel. I'm just, just <laughs> floating out the window over here. <laughs> so well, I stopped, I stopped, I stopped, the ch I really stopped December 10th or like early December because there were just, we had to get in by January 1st, we closed the gym and I was just, you know, drinking Red Bulls at midnight, mm -hmm. trying to get through everything. And I just kind of shut down for like a month. And uh, when I came back, it was like, okay, so should I do, you know, because a lot of the content was investment videos, what to invest in. And I think a lot of people, you know, uh, there are people that are doing it well, like, like you, you know, there are people that are doing it well out there. And I was like, ugh, I just, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to have some fun on this channel. And we've been doing some pack openings and uh, been doing a podcast with my wife, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, you know, at the same time, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to close again because we need to get everybody in. So it's always just something with greater gym uh, pulling me to uh, complete that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, you, you know, you're, you're doing YouTube and you're doing it. I, I can tell that you're putting a lot of effort into it. Your, you know, your thumbnails and your, you know, editing. I know it takes, I know how much time it takes to edit and the thumbnail and, you know, actually think of topics to do on stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, still thinking about the direction, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know whatever you decide to do, man, you like it, it will be good. Like I, I've truly, truly enjoyed, uh, your content since you started. And, and like I said, I was watching you, uh, before I ever started my channel as well. And it was actually one of the, the influences that finally kind of pushed me over the edge to start creating content because I didn't think I'm sure just as you did, uh, that anybody would want to watch people talking about financial aspects of Pokemon. You can understand yeah. the Leon hearts and the real breaking Nates and, you know, even the pokey revs out there, but, uh, you know, we don't have all the glitz and the glam and the, you know, fireworks going off, but, um, I, I've really appreciated your content and, uh, you know, the knowledge that you share with the community. So, um, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see where you go. But as you said, I know what it's like when you've got a lot of other, you know, business ventures going on at the same time, it can be difficult to try to balance everything out. Yep. Yep. And a, and a baby, right? You have a, you yeah. Have a, yeah. Baby too. Yeah. It takes, I got another one on the way too here in about another four one. months. Oh, boy. You're, yeah. You're yep. asking for, yeah, that's a, yeah. I'm a, a glutton for punishment. Yeah. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people in the Pokemon, you know, world who are doing stuff and they don't, you know, it's, uh, it's like, I hey, wait till you have a kid. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of work. You can't just have, uh, you can't just have her crawling around on the floor while you, uh, 
record a video, you know? That's nope. Not really, nope. It's not really how it works. Nope. But. And that's that's why you end up recording a podcast at uh, about eight o'clock, nine o'clock at yeah. night when everybody's asleep. <laughs> I, I know. I know when you suggest that time, I'm like, I know why I did that. I, mm-hmm. I know exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, Z, I really, really appreciate your time, man, uh, truly. Um, I'm sure people out there that are listening or watching this video are probably familiar with you. Um, but uh, for anyone that is not, where can they find you, uh, your own personal content? And if they are interested in uh, going through Graded Gem and going specifically through you, where can they find that information as well? Yeah, they can go to uh, us.gradedgem.com or I think just gradedgem.com and they'll they'll redirect you on whatever country you're in um, for Graded Gem. And then uh, I have Z&G Emporium for YouTube. And really, I put mo- a lot of co- more content on Z's flips right now, which uh, I actually just started a challenge because I get this question all the time. It's like, oh, I have $100 or $500 or I have no dollars and I, what should I you know, buy and start flipping stuff? And basically the last video I just put up, it's like, um, I just have, all, you see, I have all this, uh, you know, we're parents now. <laughs> there and, you uh, go. Here's, here's, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah. maybe battled nipples and stuff, mm-hmm. stuff that I just, I need to sell. I'm just going to list this stuff. I'm going to sell just stuff around the house and, uh, I'm going to take that money and we're just going to start flipping and we're going to see how far, how far we can go because, uh, you know, I did that at the first, I didn't really show the whole process. I wish I would have started, ZNG Emporium at the very beginning in like 2017 and just kind of showed people the entire yeah. process because they see it's like, oh, you bought a $10,000 collection. It's like, well, I don't have $10,000. It's like, well, I started with $500. You know, there's just a whole mm-hmm. lot of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So I'm starting with zero on Z's flips and we're going to see how far we can go with just stuff around the house that we saw on eBay, random crap that everybody has random crap in their house. And, uh, we're going to see where that goes. So that's that's exciting on that one. So you hear you heard it here first guys. Z is going to start off with nipples for baby bottles and he's going to end <laughs> up with a first edition base set Charizard PSA 10. You heard it. Yeah. Here. Well, yeah, I mean I started with 500 and got a first edition base set box out of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I did that in a few years. Let's see where this goes, you know, but at least it'll all be documented. So, if anybody asks that question again, "Oh, how do I get started?" I'm just going to be like Go to this. Go to this whole playlist. Okay. Go to go to CVS. Get your baby okay. bottles. <laughs> yeah, <right>. that's where <laughs> you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you have your wife buy a whole lot of these that then you don't use, and then you can exactly, uh, and you can sell them. You know. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, my man, I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, uh, and thank you for you know continuing to be a pillar of this community and for yeah, everyone out there. So, all right, guys. I think that is going to do it for this episode. We will see you all next time right here on the Pokemon Masterclass. Take care, everybody.